1: Friday, January 8th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, it's, uh, it's the day after. It's, it's always darkest before the dawn, huh? Uh, seems like... Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's uh, the, the doom and gloom feel is, is sort of... Uh, I, I saw somewhere Cleveland hasn't seen the sun in like 30-some days or something ridiculous, and this this is just adding to it, man uh francisco lindor carlos carrasco traded to the mets uh it was an an inevitable move uh sort of like thanos in endgame he's inevitable you know the the trade was inevitable um but i guess what what really sort of uh hit fans and and hit the area sort of hard was not the lindor trade that was expected because you knew uh his time here was was limited but carlos carrasco had just signed an extension and He'd been through so much uh, in the last couple of years, and had had really sort of cemented himself as the emotional core of this team, and and he's included in that deal because frankly his salary was was too high for the Indians to to manage as well. Uh, he goes to the Mets, uh, joins Lindor. At least he's got somebody to sort of be uh, be a buddy with in the locker room there uh, to start. But uh, it was really just a gut punch to add Carrasco to that uh, to that deal, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, you know, and, and I thought all along, Joe, that that both of those guys were going to get moved. I really did. I, you know, like you said, Lindor was, uh, you know, that was a, uh, you know, that was to be expected. And uh, I thought Carrasco, too, if they were because they had to create some salary space, they uh, to to even try to improve this team. Now, by trading your best player and and one of your your veteran, the starting pitcher how do you, know, how do you improve your team after that? That's, that's going to be the real test uh, for uh, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff. What, where, where do you go from here? That's the thing.
1: Well, uh, okay. You know, we could spend uh, days going over right now what they lost in that trade. And and we will, we'll go back and we're going to talk at, at the end here about, you know, our memories about cookie and about um, uh, Frankie, but, Uh, you know, where do you ask, where do we go from here? Where do the Indians go from here? What do they have left? What's on this roster right now that, that fans can sort of, you know, draw a circle around and, you know, hold on too tight and, 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 you know, what jerseys are they going to be buying and coming out and wearing to the, to the ballpark when they're actually allowed back in the ballpark? Uh, I, I think the, the starting rotation led by Shane Bieber, very strong. The, the back end of the bullpen has a lot of talent there. If, if they can get to it, uh, Jose Ramirez, Roberto Perez and Framil Reyes are all, uh, you know, sort of there, there's a lot there. What's, what's one thing the Indians fans can sort of grab onto and hold onto for this upcoming
0: season? Well, I think obviously Shane Bieber, you know, defending Cy Young winner. Uh, you've got two, promising starters right behind him, you know, all three of those guys from the 2016 draft class, Zach Pleszak and uh, Aaron Savali. You got a, you know, uh, kind of finally we're seeing uh, Tristan McKenzie, you know, uh, the first high round pick from uh, what, 2015, who seems like he's overcome some injury problems. And then I'm wondering, Joe, who do you like to replace Carrasco? Who do you like to uh, maybe take that fourth or fifth spot or maybe even the third spot in the rotation.
1: Well, the, the happiest man in America, when the, uh, the trade was announced was probably Cal Quantrill, uh, who was acquired in the Mike Clevenger trade. And I don't see why it, it won't boil down to a, a battle between Cal Quantrill and Adam Plutko for, uh, that spot in the rotation. Uh, Plutko has had a lot of chances. He's, he's had the opportunity. He's, he's, uh, I, I believe it was the 2019 season where he, he was sort of stuck in the, the end of the, the rotation there and, and got a lot of opportunities, kept the Indians in a lot of ball ballgames. Uh, Quantrill has said ever since he joined the club, you know, he, he prepares himself as a starter. He sees himself as a starter. And, and that's how he was groomed in uh, San Diego before they moved into the pen right before the trade. Uh, I think it's going to come down to, you know, maybe a, a, a matchup between the two of them, fighting it out for for that spot uh as far as you know who takes Carrasco's role which was really sort of a a leadership role in the clubhouse uh I think Bieber's already well on his way there uh that's that's easy to see he's got all the qualities that you want in a in a leader of that rotation not just in terms of wins and, and numbers but in terms of just the way he carries
0: himself yeah. What, what about uh, guys like Logan, uh, Logan Allen and Scott Moss? What do you think, where are they in the pecking order?
1: I, I think those guys are, you know, depth guys right now. Those are triple A and high, uh, you know, high miners guys who will be right there. Like you, like you always say at the, uh, at the end of spring training, these are the guys that are a phone call away. Yeah. I think Logan Allen, Scott Moss are, are guys that are going to be a phone call away Um. But I, I, I don't unless there's something that happens between now and uh, or, or happened between the end of last season and, uh, you know, opening of, of camp, I that they take some sort of big leap forward, which could happen. Uh, I, I really don't see them cracking that rotation right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point, Joe. You know, it it blows my mind, Joe, that, that you know, in what as as there as, you know, as you know, in 2019, I believe, you know, this rotation was still, well, Trevor Bauer, Clevenger, and Carrasco, and, uh, you know, Corey Kluber was on the DL, right? Right. Uh, on the injured list. And all four of those guys are gone. <laughs> They're two, you know, that that's, you're talk, ca- talking about, you know, what, three Cy Youngs, you know, one with Bauer, two for Kluber, and, uh, and Clevenger was, you know, he had, what he won 40 games with the Indians, something like that. And, Remember, and all those guys are gone. I,
1: I believe it was the beginning of the 2019 season when Bieber wasn't even on the open he wasn't on the 40 man rot. No, I'm, I'm sorry, he wasn't on the 25 man roster uh early because he would have been pitching out of rotation. He they had uh, um they basically sent him down early uh, out of camp because there yeah, wasn't they- gonna be a, a, a time for him to pitch. That that's Shane Bieber. That's the guy who won the Cy Young a year later. Uh, so, yeah, there was a lot of talent that's been moved through that rotation and moved out and cycled out in, in the last, you know, 24 months. Yep. I, I think the Indians are pretty confident in their ability to develop the young talent that they have, the young pitchers that they have at the, at the minor league level. Uh, you, you saw Tristan McKenzie, You know, we hadn't seen him pitch in how long he came in and he was effective. And there's a lot to be worked on there uh, this year, but there's a lot to look forward to as well. I think, you know, as long as he can stay healthy, there's that's a good sign for the Indians.
0: Yeah. And in the deals with Bauer and and Kluber and Clevenger and, you know, basically, that's what we saw in action yesterday when they traded uh, Lindor and Carrasco. Those are all salary dumps. You know, trying to get uh, manage the payroll, bring in some you know decent players, but you know, but mostly prospects and a lot of prospects, and uh, just to uh, keep the you know try to keep the payroll down and stay competitive. And uh, you know, it's it's a heck of a way to do business, Joe. It's it's a tough way. It's a tough on fans. And I was just wondering, uh, you know, what what what's your reaction uh, to uh, from what you've heard. In emails and and uh, your readers from uh, you know about you know Lindor moving on. I mean, this is a guy you know they drafted. He, he four-time All Stars, you know, th- three, a two-time Gold Glove winner, two-time Silver Slugger, at least two Silver Sluggers. I mean, this was a guy that you know probably to me, Joe. I think he's the best position player, homegrown position player the Indians have developed since on Manny Ramirez. Right. And, and that's
1: the name that jumped out in, in my mind, you know, as well. You, you've you got to look at their history of guys that they've drafted getting to the majors and, and performing and becoming the best at their position overall. And that list, you know, since the the early 90s is, is Manny Ramirez, Jim Tomey and uh, uh, Francisco Lindor right now. That's it.
0: Uh, yeah, now and, we're bill you could throw bell in there but i don't know he was you know, yeah
1: yeah I, I mean but yeah i i guess if he was he was he had as dominant a stretch in the 90s as, as any power hitter but again he didn't stick around of his own volition that was a, a free agent move as well so right right uh I, I don't know all but all those guys have the same thing in common once they reached their their free agency limit or the limits of what the Indians could, could afford to keep them. They, they had to be moved on. Uh, so this is not an un, unusual thing. I, where does he rank for me? Where does Lindor rank for me? Uh, he's top five guys I've ever seen put on an Indian's uniform for sure. If not top three, uh, you mentioned Robbie Alomar, Omar Vizquel, uh, like a, him being a combination of the two. Uh, I I think Robbie Alomar, but Robbie Alomar wasn't a a, a guy. He was a a free agent. He was a guy that they they brought in and he only stayed for what, two and a half years, two and a half. No, three years. He played three years here, three full years. You know, I mean, in that time he was magical, but he never felt like he was ours. You know, he's not wearing an Indians cap when he goes into, when he went into Cooperstown, that was something totally different. Uh, And, and even Omar, uh, you, you know, for, for what he was, for all the magic that he had, he, he was a guy that, that, that they traded for that, they, that they stole yeah. from Seattle. Yeah. So, yeah you think about that. Uh, but no, that's, that's another reason why it hurts so much to have to, 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 part with Frankie is because, you know, we, we watched him before he ever even got to Cleveland, the way he came up through the minors. And uh, you know, you hear stories about uh, Tito seeing Frankie, you know, come up at spring training and and, and play or, in, you know, just to fill out the bench during a, a Cactus League game. And you knew there was something special about him then. And just to see the way that he developed, uh, I, I still remember 2017, the Grand Slam home run that he hit off the foul pole against the Yankees. I thought that was, you know, a, a, a real special moment just to watch him sort of Bounce around the the bases. It reminded me of Joe Carter hitting the walk off home run in the World Series. The way he just sort of bounced around the bases, and the whole whole park was just electric and rocking. Then uh, the way that he uh, the, the the double he hit off the wall and the to extend the help extend the 22 game winning streak that year. Uh, another real uh, just you thought there's nothing that this kid can't do. Uh, yeah, and I know you were
0: you felt the same way. Yeah, it's uh when you see a player like that that. It- you know they don't come along too often that can do that. Everything they can do, just about everything the game requires them to do, and not only they can they do it, but they're doing it with such fluidity and such athleticism, and they're just having a, a great time on the field. It's just you know it's 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 cool. It's it's why you go to the ballpark. It's why we write about baseball, and and why you know, you you know you're just attracted to the game. The, I was when uh, the Indians it's, it's ironic now that the the Indians played two games in Puerto Rico. I want to say maybe it's two years ago, three years ago. And, you know, obviously hometown hometown hero uh, of Frankie Lindor from, from Puerto Rico. And uh, he hit a home run in the first game there. I think they they played two, a two game series and they hit a home run. I, I believe in the first game in, in the stadium. And it was, the, the, the noise from the ballpark, it was like, you know, it was sold out and like 30 or 25, 30,000 people, you know, a collective, they, they, they inhaled and then exhaled. And it was like, it was, you know, because <laughs> it was like a moonshot and as soon as it cleared the fence, this eruption came out and it was, that that sticks with me just to see that. And you can imagine how happy he was to do that in his home, you know, in his, in his native country and uh, in front of all his friends and, and uh, family. So it, it, was, it was a cool moment. That's a moment, moment I think I'll, I'll remember with, with Frankie.
1: Yeah, I, it's, it's rare that a, that a ball player moving on from a team makes you reflect and question, not question, but you know, just reflect on why you do what you do for a living. Why, you know, why do we come to the ballpark and, and do what we do every day and, and, and write about baseball? He's the reason why we do that. He's the, he's sort of that ideal of why we do that. Uh, The kind of, you know, excitement and, and passion for the game that that you want to see every player you wish every player would, would do that. And that's part of the reason why he deserves the, the 300 plus million dollar contract that he's eventually going to sign with somebody. It's just unfortunate and a circumstance that he can't, do that in Cleveland and, and continue on, that would be the great story. If that were the case, if, if he could stay with the team and be an, uh, a Cleveland Indians player, a Cleveland baseball player for life, that would be the great story, but that's not the narrative that we have now.
0: Yeah, it's, uh you know, the, the thing is, you know, I can see why he wants to be a free agent. He does, you know, you work hard for it, you want to go up there, but you know, they have done a good job. The Indians have done a good job of getting a lot of guys to take that are, you know, just maybe not as talented, but in the same classes as Frankie elite players to take one bite, at least one bite of the apple. You know, Kluber signed an extension. Uh, Carrasco signed a couple extensions. Jose Ramirez signed an extension. Michael Brantley signed an extension. They, they were able to keep those guys a little longer than anticipated. And then, you know, then eventually they they were either traded or, or went, you know, uh, walked away through free agency. I mean, Cliff Lee and CC and, 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 uh, Sabathia did the same thing. But they weren't able to do that with Frankie and, and that's probably that, that's disappointing. Well, so the next, I guess sort of
1: great disappointment uh, on the horizon, and we can all see it coming as well, is, is probably is logically it's going to be Shane Bieber. He's another pitcher, He's another player who the Indians drafted, developed, promoted, he got to the big leagues. He overperformed expectations, and now he's elite. He's the top of his class right now in 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 baseball. Uh, they've got him. I believe he's. This is his last year of pre arb, and then next year he's eligible for, for arbitration. Or did they have him he's, one more one more year of pre arb? after he's
0: this? got um, he's got two years and uh, ninety seven days. So. so uh, so he's so got one more it. year, one more year. This, this, so 2021 one year. will
1: be his last year of pre-arb, and then, and then he's arbitration eligible, and boy, he's going to make a boatload of money in his first year of arbitration, uh, probably in the, the nine million to yeah. $12 million range, I would assume. Uh, and so you're looking at a, a, a clock on, on Bieber as well. Uh, this whole conversation, everything that we're, we're saying about Frankie – because, because really he's the mirror of Frankie on the pitching side of things. He's, he's a guy that they, they drafted, he, they developed him and and he's had the right attitude ever since he joined the club. He's, he's the example that you want the younger players to follow. And it, unfortunately we might only see him for another three seasons in an India, a Cleveland uniform.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I would think they've, you know, I know uh, at tribe Fest. uh, when was that just before the, uh, the 2020 season, he said, uh, you know, he would be open to conversations about an extension. I'm sure they've talked to him about it, but you know, that's, that's a tough sell now. You know, I, I would think, uh, you know, do you, how much, you know, how many arbitration years do you, do you, do you, uh, do you let the Indian, do you, you know, give the Indians and do you, do you, do you, do you uh, let them buy and how many free agent years? So, you know, it's, you know, you, you got, and are the Indians in position to offer him an extension now, considering their finances? I think when you're going forward, you know, when you're 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 looking out into the future, I think it's easier to do than, you know, paying a guy like 35 million this year. Right. Well,
1: and and make no mistake, the Indians aren't going to pay any guy 35 million. And right now, if Shane Bieber were on the open market, 35 million is where is the starting point for what he'd be making. So, uh. And that's the unfortunate, and that's what Trevor Bauer always railed about, you know, as as uh, when when he was here, and whenever the discussions about MLB's salary structure and and, and the way the players are, are treated in that regard, you're you're really never getting what you're worth as a player in that year. It's always, uh, you know, when when the guys reach that that sixth year and, and are making those contracts, it's based on what they've done in the past, as opposed to what they're worth right now. Uh, if, if Shane Bieber were a free agent right now, he'd he'd be signing a
0: thirty five million dollar contract somewhere, without a doubt. Yeah, he'd be he'd be happy. He'd be a happy man. Well, <laughs> but I, and, I think they have a. I think they'll take a. Run, they've got time to take a run at Bieber for a multi year deal. We'll see what happens.
1: But but if you're Bieber and you're sitting back and they come to you and they say, okay, let, let us buy up a year or two of your free agency, okay, and you're 24 what five twenty six twenty seven 27 at, at the time or whatever he's 20 what 25 now uh yeah. you've got to look at it from the perspective of the indians track record for guys that sign those those deals is to pitch them into the ground and by the end of it you're you're either injured reha or, or you're, you're just finished you've got nothing left in the tank uh, you know case in point cory kluber uh, now he could turn things around tremendously this year i i, I hear he's pitching for uh,
0: some scouts down in Florida today. He's thrown, thrown for teams next week on uh, next week, uh, January 13th down in Florida.
1: Okay. I, I mean, they're right there. If Corey Kluber could have a bounce back year. That's great. But over the last two, three years, I mean, the the innings and the, the amount of pitching that he did for the Indians to get him to two Cy Youngs and within, you know, whatever of the, the game seven of the World Series – I, I got to believe that Shane Bieber and every other pitcher in the league is looking at that saying, eh, maybe Cleveland's not the best choice as a, as, as a free agent destination.
0: Well, it's all, you know, Joe, it's, it's, it's also, it's, a, it's obvious, it's always a risk reward. You know, players that signed the extensions are protected like Kluber was protected. He was making money. I mean, even when he did get hurt. Uh, so, you know, and pitchers are, are susceptible to injury. If you're Bieber, you know, are you Wayne, you know, am, am I one pitch away from Tommy John or am I gonna, can I afford to go year by year, you know, button heads with uh, the Indians in, in in arbitration when I reach there. And, you know, that's what Bauer did. He was fortunate. He stayed healthy, uh, but guys like Grady Sizemore, you know, they're there and, uh, you know, Sizemore is happy. To, still happy to, to this day that he signed a multi-year deal because, you know, the end came fast and uh, furious for him.
1: All right. Well, uh, you know, just to, just to wrap up, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't, uh, you know, give cookie at least uh, the same kind of treatment that we just gave uh, gave Lindor. This is a guy who uh, was a part of one of those, uh, you know, salary dump trades as uh, uh, back in, in 2009. He, he joined the club, uh, was young, was was sort of a hothead. If you if you recall, when he first came up, he was had a reputation as a bit of a headhunter as well. Uh, but he grew out of that and, uh, you know, really sort of changed his whole image uh, over the course of his 10, 11 years with the club, uh, became the Roberto Clemente Man of the Year for the Indians, uh, and and really just everything that he went through made him, endeared him to
0: Indians fans and the organization as well. Yeah, when I think of Cookie, I think of, uh, there was a game in Tampa at, at Tropicana Field. He, he had a no-hitter going. He had two outs, two strikes, and, and, he, and uh, the Indians had a big lead. And you know, we're sitting there looking, this is the first no-hitter since Len Barker in 1981. Not a perfect game, but the first no-hitter. And uh, he gives up a single over over right over jason kipnis's head if if jason kipnis had been lebron james uh you know uh cookie would have had a no hitter his first no hitter but i just remember how dominant he was and uh you know he he kind of smiled after after he gave up the hit and uh but and that was in his home you know all his friends were there it was kind of cool and uh but i you know and he had like two or three games like that that year and he was just so dominant you know and i think that was I remember him at his best at, the, at, at that moment yeah there were there
1: were times there were stretches even
0: stretches within
1: games where you saw cookie just mow through you know batting orders and thought wow they they have no clue up there what he's what he's coming with next and even if they did know they couldn't hit it um i i, I will re- i will remember as far as cookie goes uh you know the uh 2016 the line drive he took off his his wrist uh, that broke his wrist and made him miss the uh the playoffs there in, in September against uh Detroit I believe um there was a there was an interesting headline written after that <laughs> that uh might go down as uh or I'm sorry lead the, the lead to the story that um you know will never get, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. something about the season what
1: over being, but but that uh I also remember filming your jump into the lake. So don't worry. It was <laughs> Funny how we get from line drives off the wrist to I'm standing on the beach and men are watching you uh, run into the ocean, but it's, uh, it's neither here nor there. Uh, and I remember seeing cookie uh, in the tunnel under the, under the ballpark with a cast on his wrist, you know, a, a week or so later and just, just, just feeling sick to my stomach for the guy because I knew that how badly he wanted to be out there pitching and how well he was pitching
0: up until that point and what it meant to the team. Yeah. So, uh, and he was done and, and the, you know, of course, you know, the, the, the all-star game, you know, 2019, that mm-hmm. stand up the cancer thing when he was surrounded by his teammates in his own ballpark, standing ovation, you know, that, that was, I still get chills when I think about that. Yeah. Well, well, you know, the, the hair stand up on the,
1: uh, on, on your arm there. Uh, when, when you think about it, just uh, the, the, goosebumps. All right. Uh, Hoinsie a uh, lot to digest this week. Uh, next week we'll, we'll dive in a little bit more on um, not just the, the guys who um, are coming back. Ahmed Rosario and uh, Andres Jimenez uh, and, and what they mean and where they could play. Uh, there's a lot to talk about there, but, uh also look at the prospects Josh Wolf the pitcher and Isaiah Green the uh outfielder uh, I've done a little bit of uh a film uh study on on those guys and and where they're going to need to improve and how they could maybe fit into things for the Indians uh we'll do that next week uh here on the podcast uh it has been a long one hoynsy enjoy the weekend and uh Hopefully, you know, maybe by, maybe by Monday, we might have uh, some good news on the, on the Browns in, uh,
0: in Ohio State that uh, we can talk about. Yeah, that'd be cool. We have a big, big weekend here. Let's just, everybody stay away, keep their masks on.
1: Yeah, do that. I just, I kind of have a feeling, though, that come Tuesday, we might be, uh, we might be just as disappointed as we were uh, uh, with, with the Lindor trade uh, in terms of the Buckeyes and the Browns. All right. We'll talk to you again next week on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast.